91.8 Hayes FM. Hello and welcome back to the Weishi Radio Show on 91.8 Hayes FM. Apologies if you had a little bit of um, dead air there. I was just outside collecting my guest. She's now here. Um, so Nelsa is in the building. Hello. Right, let me just check which mic you're on. I think you're on this one. Can you just speak into that mic? Hello. Oh, I'm here. perfect. Ah, <sighs> should we take a deep breath? <sighs> <sighs> so we literally just ran here. <laughs> <laughs> well. I'm so excited to have you here. And it's been um, a bit of a crazy afternoon, hasn't it? You've had train delays and all sorts. Yeah, quite embarrassed, really. But yeah, so yeah. you're finally here. I'm finally so here. So how are you today? <laughs> you're right. Good. We haven't well. had a catch-up for a very long time, so I thought, do you know what? Let's have a catch-up on the radio. <laughs> yeah, well, everyone can hear. Oh, my God, I tried to be yeah. uh, very, very kind of neutral about what I say on this radio station. <laughs> okay, well, tell us about your company and the work that you're doing at the moment. Okay, so my company is called Free to Embrace Me, um, and it's a health and well-being movement for women who suffer from mental health, depression, anxiety, stress, lack of body of confidence, um, body image issues, emotional eating, and just the everyday problems that we women are faced with. And I help them to overcome these issues uh, with mindfulness, yoga, meditation, dance, and just being a guide uh, as a life coach, as someone who's been through the same experiences for about five years I suffered, and now I've got the tools and techniques to help them to overcome these issues and manage them and live happily living lives. Happily ever after, I thought ever you were going to say. You know, I could say that. <laughs> but basically to live the life that they were destined to, to yes, live, you know. life they deserve. That's amazing. Yeah, that's it. I so, guess that's how you feel you're living right now. Yes. Yeah, yes, I mean, so. when I last spoke to you was quite a few years ago and you must have been going through those dumps that you t- talked about. Yeah. And then, did you then go on your personal development journey and train up to become a coach? Yeah, I mean, it, I wouldn't even say I went. It just, everything flowed at the time it didn't flow because it was almost like I was forcing myself to feel better I couldn't understand why I was going down so quickly when I was a personal trainer and I was training and I was exercising mm. and so I give us a little bit about your I background life. So you started um, as a personal trainer so six years ago started off as a personal trainer um, I completely left the corporate world just like that because I had a 10 year old at the time and I thought I don't want to work for nobody else. Let me just take a risk. And I'm the kind of person that does not think before I take action. So I took action straight away by saying, you know what? I like how all these fitness instructors look, what they do, you know, how they're on stage. Hello, how they're on stage and, you know, how they're inspiring people. And I just thought I can be one of them. So I left the corporate world, uh, you know, started finding my way into fitness I loved it. It was a slow progress. And then I, I signed up with an amazing coach who helped me to take my business to the next level. And I became a self-employed personal trainer and was helping women to, you know, feel better. Well, actually, it was more about helping women to look good um, and tr- weight train and eat the right foods and diet. So that's And do you I feel was. like at the time that was the journey that you were on? Yeah. That you were dieting and you were trying to look good and it was all about aesthetics? Yes, it was all about how I looked. So what was that like for you and how did you transition from that to be more body positive and now help women to be empowered in their own bodies and be themselves? I had to take a big fall. I took the biggest fall of my life and I had no idea it would lead me to my biggest breakthrough. And the big fall was 
most and foremost, the first thing was never to diet again. The diet Woo-hoo. mentality. Yes. <laughs> the, and I can eat whatever I want now and it just feels amazing. <laughs> the diet mentality of a fitness instructor and a personal trainer, especially when I was trying to become a fitness model, because I thought they all look amazing. I want to look yeah. like them. We've all been there. Yeah. And it was like, it was my first diet. And it was the worst thing I ever did for myself and for my body. But I didn't realize that that's what caused it. So. Whilst yeah. you're talking, I'm just going to take a picture of us so we can show everybody what you look like on, <laughs> on Facebook. So they're probably thinking, she doesn't diet anymore. She's probably gained a load of weight. But you look amazing. No, I feel good. I feel really good. I should be wearing something tighter. But yeah, so I feel good. I mean, I learned that diets is an a good way for our bodies um that depriving ourselves from things that we should be enjoying um is not a way of life um and i fell into this dip for like four and a half years and i just could not i thought that i could not come out of it because i never thought i would be comfortable with eating chocolate without guilt i never mm-hmm. thought that i'll be comfortable with eating what i wanted and fulfilling my pleasures in terms of food and yeah. get, get into a space where i love food like i literally my boyfriend says all the time you just eat too much and I'm like I love eating I love it I love it I love eating (laughs) (laughs) it's good to love eating because when you're in that dieting mindset it's um, it becomes like you feel guilty as you were just saying then you can eat certain foods and then you feel guilty about it and it's almost no point in actually having it Mm. because you feel so bad about it Mm. so I feel guilty and then the guilt will turn to hate and then I'd eat more Mm -hmm. and then I'd eat more and I'd feel bad and then I'd eat more it was almost like my comfort zone. It was almost like when I was eating and it was I was eating out of anxiety, not out of wanting to eat. And the more I ate, it's more almost like I was suppressing all the feelings that I was feeling. So, for example, I suffered from, you know, I didn't want to leave my house because I couldn't sleep. So before I could leave my house to go and do anything, I would literally have to stuff my face before I left my house. And it's almost like I'm stuffing the anxiety in the 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 fear that I feel of going outside of being around people and people judging me because I've put on a little bit of weight or because I was looking tired so food was my suppression I ate, 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 and then I felt calm and I was like okay I can go out now but and then, I'm sure a lot of people listening can probably relate to that yeah. in terms of using food for emotions mm, yeah yeah how, how do you help people with that now what I do how do I help people I actually help them to focus on their minds and i know that might sound like oh, how do i focus on a mind i help them to kind of focus on feeling good rather than looking good and what i do with with clients now and i don't even call them clients i call them you know those soul sisters people who are going through fe- similar si- situations that i've been in and what i say to them was that you have to love yourself first you cannot change your body or any part of your body that you don't like unless you love yourself first so my guidance to them is to teach them how to love themselves and that's what I had to do you know I tell them I stripped naked in front of the mirror I had to tell my stomach that I didn't like my legs that I didn't like my eyes that looked tired that I didn't like I had to tell them I love you physically in the mirror every single day and that's what I teach them to do to just lay bare completely bare and just tell yourself you love yourself because you cannot change unless you love that thing first your, your body part first and how do you do that because that can feel really uncomfortable uh, i mean i've tried it myself as well and i've i've done other ways of 
um, becoming body positive and mm. that actually wasn't one of them mine mm. was was almost the opposite to don't look at myself mm. and enjoy being in the vehicle that is my body mm. so it's like driving around in a car where mm. I'm in the car I'm not actually looking at what the car looks like on the outside and I'm mm. just enjoying the fact that I can drive however far and you know lift whatever weight and that mm. kind of thing so just using my body as a vehicle mm. so it's interesting that you had the opposite um, to me yeah. when you were able to look at yourself and actually just repeatedly like aff- affirm to yourself with mm. affirmations how much yeah. you loved yourself and how long did it take before you started to believe those things that you were saying okay so i started to try and do that i start not trying i started to do that say around november december because at this time i met i didn't meet but i was you know i'd already had a good friend in my life that was very encouraging it was always there for me and he did say to me once you know we were together we started you know getting close around november times and he said to me he put me in front of the mirror and said look at you and he tried to get me to look at those body parts that i rejected and he was saying to me how beautiful i am but even though he was saying it to me i couldn't believe it i was like yeah you're just saying that because you like me and i ignored what he was saying at the time but after he said that, I thought, I need to do this for myself. And I'd read um, Louise Hayes because she does the mirror. Uh, she's written a book called The Mirror Exercise. And okay. although I read it at the time, I couldn't do what she was saying. It felt uncomfortable. But after this situation with my partner and he said that to me, I thought, you know what? I need to do this for myself without him being there so I can learn to look at myself. Because when he was saying these things, I was avoiding eye contact with myself. I was avoiding looking at the body parts that he was saying for me to look at. And I needed to then start looking at on my own time without nobody there. So I started to do this every single day and it felt bloody uncomfortable. But he helped me to look at my body parts. As with you, you weren't looking. I had to look because of where I was and I had to love myself because I was always I was always like, you know, I need to have the muscles, I need to have the toned legs, I need to have the, the, the stomach. And I had mm, to that's accept... That's fitness industry though, isn't it? It is. And I had to accept that I don't have to look a, a certain way to to love myself. I don't have to uh, lose a few pounds to fit into a comfortable clothing. And then another challenge that I had after that was I had a lot of tight dresses. And I, when I put on... I only put on a stone, but to me, I was the biggest person in the world. And I had to, and I gave up away all my dresses. <laughs> and then when I started to love myself, I asked my sister and my cousins, give me my dresses back. Mm. <laughs> they gave it back to me. They was waiting. They're, they're all, they're really, you know, I've had positive influences in my life. My family, my friends, they've all been there and they're all encouraging. So when I got my dresses back, I started to wear the dresses and not focus on the fact that I had a little belly and just focus on the fact that I felt good in what I was wearing. So then the, the next thing about trying to love the next thing about loving myself and staring at myself was feeling confident in my clothes and I started to wear them without having to think I need to lose weight first before I wear them and then as I did that the next thing that came was letting go of dieting that was very hard that I think was the hardest thing so was it body image that came first or was it the mindset changes because I remember you saying about going through depression and anxiety Mm. I think for me it was a combination of both. It was mindset first, because um, I was seeing a very good psychologist that was saying to me, what's your values? And my values was going out with family, socialising. Um, and 
doing things that I felt uncomfortable doing, but things that I loved in the past. So he said, mm -hmm. what would the old Nelza do? If you want, if your values is to socialize with your friends and your family, you need to start doing those things. So I started challenging myself to do those things, regardless of how I felt. And even with lack of sleep that I suffered with for so many years, I still said, and he, he said, let's start with your partner at the time. When he invites you, go. And I started to do that. And even though at the time he was just a friend, because he was one person I allowed myself to be around because I was not judged by him or anybody else, it was comfortable. So every time I got invited out, I challenged myself to go regardless of how I felt. So definitely the mind first. And then with the mind, I was like, I want to feel confident and I want to feel good when I'm going out. And then I had to start thinking about the image and my body not so much the image but just feeling comfortable in my own skin and yeah. what i'm wearing so then that came sort of second and then third was like i need to stop dieting because i'm still restricting when did you that when did that penny drop that i need to stop dieting because especially in the fitness industry and, and even mm. in society is there's a lot of pressure on us as in the media magazines everywhere says that we should be dieting we should be eating less and mm. moving more when did a penny drop? I, I don't know. I think I became a bit of a nuisance whenever I went out with people to eat. And I would stare at what they're eating and think, they can eat this way. Mm. Why do I? <laughs> why can't I? Yeah. And I used to read loads of dieting things about, you know, if you count a gluten, dairy, wheat, you feel better, you'll overcome your depression. And I became obsessed with the internet. So I now consider myself to be a walking Google when it comes to health-related issues. You tell me a health problem, I can tell you these are the foods that you couldn't eat but don't deprive. I never tell people to deprive. I just kind of tell them to focus on some of the good feel good foods because once you feel good, you may decide that you may want to follow a healthy eating plan for a little while, you know, mm -hmm. not forever. So I'm going to ask you a bit more about that right after this break. Mm -hmm. So stay tuned and we have more to come. Advertising. Ah, welcome back to 91.8 Haze FM. This is the Way She Radio Show. It's all about women empowerment today and we have Nelsa with us from Free to Embrace Me. Yes. So continue, Nelsa. Tell us about, you were talking to us about giving up dieting and what that was like for you. Do you want to continue there? Yeah, so, I yeah, I was a nuisance to people, <laughs> you know, especially to my partner. And it was like, we would go, when I was going through the severe depression, we would go to eat and he was very patient with me. He would allow me to choose whatever I wanted, but then I'd end up choosing something that I don't want, and I'd want his food instead. So when we became more closer to to each other, we started going out more, going out to meals, and I, had to f and Christmas was coming up as well. And my family loved to cook big. I mean, they cook everything, and every Christmas for the past four years while I suffered, I used to go with lots of restrictions. And then I'd see all this amazing food because it's traditional food that my mum would cook. I mean, she they put on a feast for like seven days. So there's food in front of you all the time. So much temptation. And every Christmas I'd be fearful of going to my mum's. Mm -hmm. So this last Christmas, plus going out with my partner, and I was like, I don't want to diet anymore. I don't want to... Okay, I still feel a certain way, but I started to feel a little bit better with myself. And I thought the next thing that I need to do is I need to stop all the restrictions. And... My psychologist did say to me as well that I want things and I'm pushing them away. Like I'm depriving myself and for whatever reason was that I was scared that if I let go of that control that I had around foods, that I'd put on all this weight and that I'd get yeah. depressed again. So much fear, isn't there? So much fear. And it was like, okay, I thought I've conquered the fear of going out. Now I need to conquer the fear that's still in my mind every time I go out. 
And one of my friends, so, okay, so it was Christmas. I thought to myself, now it's Christmas. I have a challenge and the challenge is I'm not able to sleep very well. So my mum, when we go there for Christmas, everybody sleeps there for the whole week. She doesn't let anybody go home. So we literally camp out, 15 of us at my mum's house with a feast full of food, partying, and we make Christmas really good. So my challenge was, and I was thinking, oh, I'm not going to be able to sleep. It's going to be a challenge because everyone's going to be making noise. All the conversation I had in my head. And then I thought the next thing is the food. And I thought, I can't do anything about the sleep. It is what it is. I may have to go a whole week with no sleep, but I can do something about the food. So I'm going to let go. I'm going to just eat whatever I want to eat. And it was almost like, I didn't, I didn't feel scared at the time that I said that because I thought after Christmas, I'll go back to dieting again. I still had yeah. that mindset. So I thought if I let myself go now. As everybody does. Yeah. After Christmas, then I'll deal with my problems. So during Christmas, I literally started eating everything. I started um, just eating. I just started eating. And when I noticed, and I said this to somebody the other day, what I noticed that as soon as I said, I can eat whatever I want, and I used to read books like this, but I was like, oh, that, that stuff ain't going to work. But as soon as I told myself I could eat whatever I wanted, I was no longer eating or overeating. I was no longer hiding behind people to eat. Like in the past, I would be like, you know, I'm eating a healthy fish and you know, I'm not touching the chocolates at Christmas and behind people's backs, I've got a handful of chocolates and I'm hiding. So I noticed yeah, I wasn't doing that. but there's also that. that pretense, isn't there? Like, I'm a fitness professional. I'm being judged by what I eat. Therefore, yeah. I need to eat everything clean in front of you and then maybe I'll have whatever by myself. Mm. And then I'll feel guilty about yeah. it because I've hidden yeah. it and I haven't yeah. been able to be real. <laughs> and not only that, I was so judgmental for what my, how my mum cooked. I'd be mm. in front of my mum cooking going... Mum, don't use sunflower oil. That's bad for you. You got to use, you got to use sea salt. And my mum used to hate it. They, sh they pushed me away from the kitchen every time I came down. So I was judgmental of other people. I was judgmental of what you could and couldn't eat. I was horrible to be around. People didn't say that because they were being compassionate to how I was, yeah. and they knew there was you something that was it. going through. Yeah, but I couldn't do it. So around Christmas, I became Nelza again. I was just like everyone was happy. I'd gotten my hair done. I was letting go i was relaxed i had an amazing christmas the sleep still was a bit of an issue but because i was eating there wasn't the thoughts and a lot of the thoughts that probably stopped me from being able to sleep was what am i gonna eat now what can i eat now yeah because you're starving you're starving yeah so your brain's not allowing you because <laughs> yeah. you're in fight or flight mode aren't you was, yeah, you're having constant time. stress yeah whereas rest and digest that's when you Digestion, sleep yeah, yeah. Digestion is very important. I wasn't digesting foods. I would eat really, 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 really fast. Yeah, I used to do that. And not I can relate to a lot of things you're saying. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I'm sure people listening crazy. can as well. Especially when you've, um, in fact, most people go on diets, don't they? And immediately it changes mm. your mindset. And as it soon did. as you tell yourself, I can't have something, you then think about it all the time. That's, I'd wake up in the morning and think, what am I going to eat now? That was my first thought. Mm. And then the next thing would be, I feel horrible. I look horrible then I'd put on clothes and I'd feel horrible. So it was that vicious circle of always thinking, I feel so bad, I want to feel better, I don't know how to feel better. Food, suppress it. You know, that's it. So you've kind of naturally become an intuitive eater. Yeah, and I read those books before. Oh, you have? The intuitive eating, really? It didn't Maybe work because I wasn't in the right mindset. Yeah. yeah, I know now if I read them, they will 100% relate and they do work. Those books do work. The intuitive yeah. eating. But not but however you have to be ready to face those fears you have to be ready to 
follow what the book says and you have to be ready to, to let go and follow it it's the same with any book isn't it if you pick mm. up that book and and still have this image in your head that you want to look like this body image and you think well this book will then mm. be the next diet for me yeah and i'll do intuitive eating like a diet yeah yeah so that's what it was the books the intuitive eats amazing book and i would definitely recommend it to people i just did it myself in my way i was ready to do it and i did read it before not all of it and even when I read the Louise Hayes book about the mirror exercise, at the time I tried to apply it, I'd go back onto normal, I apply it. But this time it was like everything that I'd read was in my mind already subconsciously. I just needed to take that step and start doing what the book said without reading the book. Mm-hmm. So, and that's what happened. I started eating everything. And then in February, I was still, you still have kind of little reminders of going back. So after yeah. Christmas... And then I started drinking alcohol again. Sorry, I shouldn't say that, but anyway, <laughs> I love alcohol. Um, I started drinking when I was going out with my partner, New Year's. I had an amazing time. I started drinking again, and again, alcohol was a fear. Did you ever find with alcohol, when you were restricting, that it made you eat loads of food? Yeah. Whereas once you are able to eat normally, when mm. you have alcohol, it actually suppresses your appetite. Yeah, and now I can drink drink it's really interesting (laughs) something that i read in health every size actually i didn't know that actually and when i was going through that because i used to always think that alcohol was my problem and if i'd had alcohol i'd then binge eat on food okay but it wasn't it's because i was restricting so much because once i like you had become an intuitive eater and was allowing myself to have whatever i wanted Mm. i then ate less anyway but Mm. i was more relaxed around food and then when i had alcohol it would actually suppress the appetite Uh, you know it's funny you say that because I went out, out for a week the weekend just now for my friend's hen party and we drank a lot. And I noticed that before I used to want to eat more than drinking, but now I felt like I ate small amounts of food. I was just drinking and drinking and drinking yeah, and not so feeling you must hungry. Have done that anyway. Yeah, and I was So it is just hungry. an observation and not something that I'm uh, recommending people to do. No, yeah, don't go and drink too <laughs> no. much and think that it's gonna suppress my, my yeah. appetite. But and obviously yeah. we're not promoting any diets here anyway. No. Um, but on that note, we do have another break coming up. So this is the half hour break. We have half an hour left of the show. So get your questions in on Facebook. Um ask Nels or anything you like about body positivity, women empowerment. Be inspired. Use this opportunity. We'll be right back. Mm. Welcome back to the 91.8 Hayes FM Waishi Radio Show. So I'm here with Nelsa. And just as the advert was on there, we were talking about her NLP journey because how did she do it all? She gave up dieting and became an intuitive eater and she's become a coach as well and got through some mental health issues, depression and anxiety. So talk to us about your NLP journey Okay, so... You can explain what NLP is as well, for those that don't know. Do you want to explain it? Because I still am weird about it still, because I use it (laughs) daily, but it's how do you actually define what is NLP to you? Well, the the NLP letters, they are um, neuro-linguistic programming. programming, So how I describe it to people is that it's, for example, from the age of zero to seven, you had programs laid down in your brain, like a computer has um, programs. Mm. And these are all of the beliefs and um, values given to you by your parents, by society, Mm. by your schooling, all of the people that were around you from the ages of zero to seven. Mm. And most adults still carry all of those things around now. And a lot of those are limiting. And so NLP is like a... um, like clearing up the software on your computer mm. it can change the programming because you weren't born with any of those issues for example if you're scared of spiders you were not born scared of spiders you mm. only had two fears you had the fear of falling and the fear of loud noises so every other fear that you have 
that was learnt and if it was learnt it can be unlearnt mm. so that's how I describe that's it that's a good way to describe it definitely so tell definitely. us about your NLP journey so my NLP journey was I was always on the internet trying to find a quick fix trying to find something and I knew that NLP especially when it's working on a mind would help but again to me it was like I need a quick fix I need someone if I do NLP something's going to switch and I'm going to have this miracle breakthrough so I was looking, looking, looking. Obviously, a lot of NLP courses are very expensive. Um, but I was like, I need, I need to do something and I need to work on my mind and I need to do this. And I found a lovely, amazing woman, Nina Madden, and she runs her own NLP um, company. She's lovely. She's really, really helped me. And I reached out to her. And at the time, I wasn't working because I was in benefits. I couldn't work. And I reached out to her and she said, Nelza, I want to help you let's work something out you know obviously I didn't do it for free but she was able to allow me to do the course and pay later I don't know if I should be saying this if other people here but this is the agreement that I had with her um so I went on the NLP journey and this this was in probably two years ago I think I did it um and when I went it was like a group of like say six amazing women and they all seem to be engaging in the courses and the activities in the in, in in the things that they were doing but every day I kept on struggling because my mind I was still not sleeping so I couldn't take a lot of the information in and I was, went in there like you said earlier when you read a book you think this is going to fix me I went in there thinking this this course is going to fix me and mm-hmm. I'm going to be able to come out of it and then I'm going to be able to transform my life and all of this a lot of the things that NLP does say you can do for you but then it's still a journey that you have to go through and you can't expect it to be a quick fix so you know I was doing a course and everything and Nina could see that I was still struggling so she said to me you know personally she said Nelza I can see you're struggling but I can see that you're very good at this let me help you so after we did the course I had a few private sessions with her again she was giving me her time but I just wasn't ready I kind of was wasting her time a little bit because I was still so stuck in my negative problems that I wasn't allowing sorry I wasn't allowing the um the exercises to work um so I kind of pulled away from her and still went down my path and went worse and worse and worse and then when I started to feel better I can't remember when and I started to feel a little bit better and I thought you know what I really do need to redo NLP um I wonder if she would let me but I, I I can't afford it again and I was still paying her so I reached out to her and I said look Nina I'm feeling a little bit better now this is what's happened I've got some positive things in my life I want to know can I redo the NLP so she said it's changed now Nelza now I do all three so I do the practitioner the life coaching which I didn't have at the time and the master so she said you'll have to enroll on all three um all three of them you can't do them separately and I was like I can't afford it again she was lovely enough to say Nelza I've got you and you know again it wasn't free amazing but we are you know it's it's transformed my life and I've got went back to NLP again it was another amazing group of people she is a life coach and NLP master practitioner she's now elevated so she's now working with clients in high kensington area so she's desi- designed a life that she wanted but when i saw her a f- couple of years back she still had a brilliant life but she's elevated so when i went to her new property it was almost like you know what 
I can have this. I don't know. I'm just saying how I felt at the time. So anyway, mm, we started doing the training. By her. I was inspired by her, and I was inspired by the fact that she saw something in me that I didn't see myself, and was able to just say, "Nelza, just come," because I know I've got it, you've got it in you. So we did the course this time, and this we time have to take another break. Now I'm afraid, yeah. so we're gonna have to come back to that. Carry story. on. Yeah. We're eleven as well, actually. <laughs> we're back on air. <laughs> you heard you um, talking then. Yeah. So yeah, we will talk about that, actually, because that's something I'm very um, very hot on the topic of um, my mind at the moment. Mm. I'm going to write that down. So we were talking about NLP just before the break there and um, where I described how sometimes you can have a book and if you read the book at the wrong timing, you don't get the mm. help that you need from it. Um, and you had that experience with NLP when you first went and you did the whole course and you felt like it was going to fix you. And because you had that mindset, it mm. didn't fix you. Mm. Um, and I've also had the same thing with clients where they've come in and, and immediately expect to have a fix. And so that expectation is not, um, has not come through for them. Yeah. yeah. But everything works if you work it. And so you went back, you had a different mindset, and then mm. you just described to me off air then that mm. you had the fix. I had the fix, yeah. I literally had the fix. Because you have to be... When you go and see a life coach or an LP practitioner, you have to know that nobody else is going to fix you. We as life coaches and NLP practitioners are going to guide you. Mm-hmm. You're going to give us all the answers. And with the answers that you give us, you've got to take action. That's simple as. So if you think you're going to come down and sit down, uh, and I won't even say it like a counsellor because that's another uh, level. Sit down and we're going to give you a magic p- pill and you're going to come out of there fixed, then... NLP and a life coaching is not for you but if you go in there with the not even expectation don't go in there with expectation but just go in there knowing that we're going to guide you but you're going to have to speak and give us the answers and then together we work a plan of action of how to actually make whatever it is the goal or the task or whatever it is possible for you that's it that's what we do facilitate it for them that's it yeah. It's exactly like personal training. I was thinking you do actually get some clients that come in and think, right, here I am. You do it all for me and give me an amazing body and I'll mm. go away happy. <laughs> you know, sure. and what it actually involves is a lot of blood, sweat yeah. and tears. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, as a life coach, if I take on someone and they want to give me all this money, but they're not prepared to, to work, I give them the money back. I say, I can't, it's, you're, I, I don't tell it's them they're not ready. hasn't it, between the yeah, two of you? Yeah, I don't tell them they're not ready. I just say that if you are not prepared, I don't know if it's going to sound the right way, if you're not prepared to actually look within and do the work, then it may not work and your money's going to be wasted and I cannot take your money. That's how it's got to be. I've got to be honest. Mm -hmm. Because again, I want to give results. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want people to come out of there thinking I've had a bad experience. So, yeah. So let's talk about that. You say when you're having the coaching sessions, you're expecting the clients to talk to you. So, and one of the things I do is ask people to answer things very quickly. Mm. And the reason being is that... That's a good one the person that they think I am especially if they met me in a personal training environment they already have an expectation of who I am and Mm. that I may judge them Mm. and then suddenly I'm talking to them on a deep level about personal things and they may filter their answers Mm. through that Mm. and so I ask them to answer me really quickly because then you're answering from your subconscious mind true that's a good one so let's talk about the subconscious mind gosh yeah the lovely mind (laughs) so (laughs) what's the question (laughs) I mean, so how, how would you describe that. to people if they're if they're listening now and thinking 
conscious mind, subconscious mind? What are you talking about? Somebody asked me that, and let's ask me in the in the question because I, I'm I'm like an action person. Sometimes I don't read about differences between a conscious mind and subconscious mind. I just do it. But somebody asked me a question today, which is, what is the difference between unconsciousness and being awakened? And how I describe it was that unconsciousness, if correct me if I'm wrong, Nicola, is that you're living life as it comes, right? You're just doing what you have behaving. to do. You're just behaving. Mm. You're just waking up at nine to five. You're going into work miserable. You're doing what you're doing. You're paying your bills and every day is the same. It's like the domino effect. Every day is exactly the same. That's unconscious. You're doing things unconsciously. Am I correct by saying that? I, I agree with you, yep. Yeah. And then when you awaken, <laughs> which is... I know, we can talk about this forever. Yeah. And then when you awaken and you're conscious, it's like you're living life in purpose. Mm. You are... I could read exactly the text I sent to this person. It you was, are aware. You're aware, you're mindful, you're grateful. Um, every day is a blessing. Every day you create something new. And I said, I could go on forever about what being awakened is and what living consciously is. But it's living life on purpose, knowing you have a purpose, and every day you're working that dream and that purpose. Mm -hmm. So for me, my purpose is to help women. My purpose is to bring inspiration, motivation, I also do motivational speaking, just to bring my experiences to uplift you. So how I kind of describe the whole awakening consciousness, consciousness is, is like a baby being born, and that baby just wakes up to its first breath, and that's it. It's breathing. That's all it is. That's amazing. So... Yeah, just breathing. So, you, <laughs> baby, you wake up. You you know you're born and you just breathe. Yeah, breathe life. And that's the thing in NLP. They teach us not to judge someone by their behaviours. Mm -hmm. And as you're saying about people walking around who are unconscious, they're just behaving. Mm -hmm. And I see it as um, something happens to them and they react to it. For yeah. example, traffic. How many people or how many of you listening sit there in traffic and just feel really angry, maybe mm. shout at somebody, swear at them, drive a little bit erratic? You know, that's just you behaving because of what's happening to you, mm. you know, whereas I like to sit in traffic. Well, either way, I'm in traffic. There's mm. nothing that I can you do can about do it right now. So it. how about I just breathe yeah. or I just take this moment to to notice the trees and count the leaves and have yeah. a little bit of a meditative moment? Um or whatever it is for you, we have the same situations happening to two different people, mm. and it's it's your mindset. How you react? Yes. Yeah. How like my instance with the train today. <laughs> yeah. My situation <laughs> with the train today, I could have gone into a panic, but I just decided to see yeah. the funny side of it when everybody else around me <laughs> was, panicking. was panicking. I delayed the whole <laughs> you train were today. Day. <laughs> I delayed the whole train, but yeah, that's some of them could story. be listening right now. <laughs> yeah, true. Going, it was hard. I pulled the lever button and the train stopped in the tracks. But yeah, that was me. And I and, saw the funny side. And these are the kind of conversations that I love to have. And I could really mm. talk to you for hours about this. But we have only 10 minutes left to the end of the mm. show. So if you want to move on to the next part of your journey and how you've used the NLP coaching to help other people now to mm. change their lives. Yeah, I mean, other things I did. When I, when I qualified as a life coach my purpose wasn't just to be a life coach I also like fitness classes I also like teaching I like being around women so what helped me after that was I needed to move so I started doing I started training at home and also started to train outdoors with a friend of mine who, well a personal trainer who's been in business for about 20 years I train outdoors so I do the, all the high intensity and the gentleness we do a combination of everything because again it's about caring for ourselves and our bodies but one thing that I started to do at home was I started to play music and I started to work out to music 
And before I was always about weight training and I thought that's the best way for my body to transform. But because now I don't want to transform my body, I just want to feel good and I just want to feel healthy. And I love music. I started playing music. And in my own living room, I developed a class out of the blue. The name came in and it was called Afrokism Movement. So it's a combination of yoga, mindfulness, meditation, positive affirmations of self-love, like I am loved, I am beautiful. And I do that to Afrobeats music, Kizomba music, which is a music from my country. Sounds amazing. Um, Gospel music, India Irie, you know, all inspirational. So when you're in this 45-minute class, you feel inspired because you start with a positive affirmation and you end with a positive affirmation and your body's having its highs and lows and you're having fun with the dance. I started doing that in my own living room. I started recording videos, putting them on Instagram and I thought, hold on, this stuff works. What is your Instagram while you're on that topic? So my Instagram is free, number two, embrace me. So basically you're free to embrace yourself no matter what shape, colour, size you are for women only and I also take on teenage girls as well so the whole purpose of my movement which is called free to embrace me health and well-being movement is a movement of self-love and incorporates all the mindfulness meditation yoga life coaching NLP and health nutrition with no diets absolutely no diets and what worked for me to overcome is now what I give and I guide my clients on. So that's the journey of Free to Embrace Me. And that's what I do. And I love doing it. Sounds yeah. amazing. I can hear the passion in your voice <laughs> as well. And I love it when people are really yeah. passionate about what they're doing. So you've definitely found your purpose. Definitely. And also talking of purpose, mm. um, do you feel like you were aligned to do certain things? Let's in, talk about... As in what I'm doing now. Yeah, so the energy of feeling aligned to something. Yeah. And we were talking off air about numbers and mm. having the 111s coming mm. up. And <laughs> yeah. We may be going a little bit wacky now yeah, for some people. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> but do you know what? It but works. there's the law of attraction, which is, you know, scientific is a law. Mm-hmm. Law of physics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, yes. Just like gravity. Yeah. Let's talk about that and, and tell me about the numbers you wanted to tell us about. Yeah, I mean, okay, Sharon Calvert. Um, she's a yoga um, I'm guru. All the down. You know Sharon. Do I? You should know Sharon. I've, yeah. So basically, Sharon Calvert is another beautiful lady I met uh, when I was being mentored years ago when I was a personal trainer, and she's in, based in Manchester. And when I was going through a difficult path, she invited me over to Manchester. And I didn't know anything about numbers or anything. I just wanted that to fix me again. So I went there. Mindset wasn't great. She worked with me for a whole week. She allowed me to stay in her space again you know not worrying about finances she's just a beautiful person and she started to talk to me about numbers and how she took me to this we went for a big long walk and there was this canal and the canal went had this kind of metal thing bridge or something was and it had the number 11 on there and she told me because she's very you know into numbers and angel readers and angels and she told me how she was looking for a venue and this was a perfect venue because she was taking a path down a road and she was meant to take one one road and she took a different road and it took her to the number 11. It took her to the number 11. So she told me to start being very conscious of the number 11, explained about numbers. Again, it was all weary to me. But then when I came back to London and I started to, I still went downhill even after that. I then, when I started to feel better, I started to notice numbers. And then my house number is 209. When you add them together is 11. And then I can say other things. 2018, what does that add up to again? I think I did something like that. 
does it add up to it anyway doesn't matter it does <laughs> add up yeah it adds up to 11 and shara said to me in 2018 Nils, are you going to have a breakthrough because it's a year of change it's a real it transformation right now you're going through what you're going through but just be wary of the number 11 2018 if i'm correct 8 9 10 11 adds up to 11 my door number is 209 it's 11 everywhere i go i see the number 11 popping up it's the year we're all in a year of transformation and it's just so true what they say about the numbers and it's so true what Sharon has said to me that once you keep on seeing that number popping up in your life plus we're in that year we're about to leave so whoever wants to take advantage that you can still transform and change in this year you can also do it next year but this we still have three months left in order to when make you look online happen. at numerology it says the number 11 is um the awakening yes. or the universe yeah. so it's the time to manifest what it is that mm. you desire yeah yeah so create your life <laughs> and i've created it this year i mean last year i was a shadow of myself i was almost suicidal um loads of problems and in two in uh, january 2018 26th of january i launched my business but at the time the business was i'm going to help people to stop binge eating but i hadn't done it with myself Mm-hmm. now it's gone beyond that it's gone like I'm not going to help you to stop binge eating because I can't help you do that but I'm going to guide you on how to love yourself and when you do you won't restrict anymore yeah. you, you do things in a, from, from a place of love everything that I do is from a place of love that's it you know somebody's trying to shout love at me on a train high energy, <laughs> isn't it? when someone's trying to <laughs> shout at me on the train I'm like let me send you love because yeah. you'll be alright if I send you a bit of love so how, how do we do that? If there's anyone listening and they're thinking, oh, what's all this woo-woo stuff? Yeah. Love and everything else. How do you send out unconditional love? Because we do it with our children. Mm. You know, our children sometimes give us quite negative things back and we still just continue to love them and love them and love mm. them. How do you do that to strangers on the train? Smile. Smile. In, in traffic. And I know they might look at you <laughs> think I'm vexed with this woman and she's smiling yeah. at me. But just smile. <laughs> just be calm. Because your calmness and your smiling will 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 kind of positively inspire that person if it doesn't there's not much you're not in control of how people feel you're not in control of your emotions mm. you're only in control of your own so it's how you choose to react and how you choose to behave i could have behaved badly when a couple of people are having a go at me but i just said you know what i didn't know i didn't know that the train wasn't going to stop and i couldn't open the doors I wasn't listening. I'm in my own world right now. <laughs> so my own world, there's my own timing. So I stopped the whole train because I was going to be late. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I just smile and I just laugh and I just look at it. Not every day because sometimes you can't, sometimes situations will happen and I'm we will react because okay. you're human. Yeah. But that's okay because then I look at myself you're and aware. think, yeah. I think if I dealt with this differently... I could have had a different mm. outcome and that's what I do so every day I reflect and I my say day. to myself as well what's going on for me right now yes because it could be I could be um, hormonal there you, you know go. or I could have not had sleep there you go um, too much exercise whatever it is and then you're, you're physically out of balance and mm. then I, I know then those are my red flags like yeah. I may have body image issues popping back up mm. and I'm like what's going on I've been okay with this for a long time now yeah. and that's what I think well that's a red flag I maybe need some nature maybe need a bit more rest mm. some self care self love yeah definitely you have to reflect mm. and um, you have to love yourself and just give yourself your body that love because like you said if something is happening there's something within the body that's a little bit disconnected that might need a bit of rest that might need a bit more food or might need to go for a walk mm, a bit more food i'm glad you bit said more that food, yeah sometimes people need permission don't yeah. they just to yeah. actually eat when you're hungry 
and that is your body signals. Mm. Um, but we have the last two minutes now, so if you want to tell us about the work that you're doing, I know you've got an event coming up on October the 9th. Yes, that's next week, Tuesday. Um, so I've got an event, it's on Facebook, it's called Free to Embrace Me Self-Care for the Phenomenal Woman, that's you. And basically the, I'm gonna share it as the well. event is about embracing you as a woman and showing you how you can take care of yourself because we're always running around maybe we're mothers maybe we're we've got partners or maybe we've got high-end jobs or maybe we're just at home doing nothing and we think we're caring for ourselves and we're not and this workshop is two hours on tuesday the 9th of october and it's just a a circle of women coming together i will talk about my journey uh, what i went through there will be a taster session about the Afrokis movement class to inspire you, uplift you. Uh, we've got a makeup artist coming in there, giving you a few tips on how you can make yourself look good. But we focus on the feeling, so we're not there to change how you look, but just giving you a few tips on how you can, you know, change your makeup or add something else. Just a day of pam, just a couple of hours of pamper, and then in there we'll connect, we'll share, and then would you just be able to come out of there? with loads of self-care tips, things that you can do from home. And then if you want to join coming into the Afro-Kids movement, you can. You know, it's just a place where we're just going to hug each other and talk and just really share my experiences and how I can guide you and support you. So that's on... The tickets are on Eventbrite right now. So limited to only 20 people. Uh, and that's, yeah, that's the event I've got. So, yeah, that's me. And if they have any questions, they can contact Nelsa Katoja. Is that how you pronounce yep, it? Yep. On Facebook, aka Wonder Woman. I've just <laughs> seen that. <laughs> I want to. You should keep that. <laughs> yeah. And I'm afraid we are out of time. It's three o'clock. It's time for a school run. And until next week. Thank you, Nicola. Um, make sure you do come back next week. I have an amazing lady called Zoe Charles, and she is the founder of Chikovit Burlesque School, mm. which I have actually just joined up yesterday, and I'm doing her course, and we have a performance at the end, so watch this space. I'm very excited nice. for her to come in, and also, she's a very inspiring lady, so I think you'll enjoy that one. I think so, I might join. Until next week. Bye. Bye.